Stay tuned for a word from the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today, Dr. Beach brings us a message entitled, A Day is Coming. Here now is our teacher for A Word from the Lord, Dr. Foley Beach. Our Father, as we open your word this morning, I pray that you would come in the presence of your spirit. Uh, Use these words I've prepared, Lord, in your presence, and use them to speak your truth to your people so that we would be ready for your return. And this is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As Brooke mentioned, we're in the season of Advent, and Advent literally means what? Anybody know? What's it mean? Coming, right, or arrival. And so every year, the church, in its wisdom, starts its year with the arrival of Advent, a time which we remember the arrival of Jesus, his first coming, and his second coming. And basically what happens during this season, the season begins with an emphasis on his second coming and then transitions into a remembrance and a focusing and a looking forward to celebrating his first coming, which we do on Christmas. Now whenever I begin to talk about the return of Jesus Christ, I'm immediately drawn back to my college days, back in the 1980s, 70s, yeah, 70s. From the mid-70s to 1988, there was this incredible emphasis on the return of Jesus. You could just feel it in the air. You felt like he might come any minute because of all the discussion about it, and rightly so. There was good reason. Israel had become a nation in 1948, and that's all the prophecies talk about Israel. A generation was getting ready to be completed, if you'd go with the biblical generation of 40 years, which some argue that. And then through technology, the gospel, through satellites, was literally being beamed to every country in the world. And so people were living in anticipation, and some even said, 1988 is the time. But a lot of people forgot the words of Jesus. In Mark chapter 13, verse 32, he says this, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Well, Jesus didn't return back in 1988. And I'm kind of glad he didn't. I mean, that may be kind of strange to hear pastors say that, but the reason I'm glad he didn't is some of y'all probably wouldn't have come to the Lord if he had come back. And I've had the privilege of leading many people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, and I wouldn't have been able to do that, and they would be in a different place right now. Actually, I got an email a couple of days ago from a a guy who um, was a participant at a summer camp that I spoke at back in 1987. And I spoke at this youth camp, and he came to the Lord during that time, and he was writing to thank me for that and to say he was doing well in the Lord. But none of some of those things would have happened. People wouldn't know the Lord today. When I was in college, I remember one time looking at a, one of these TV preachers, and he said something like this. He said, talking about the return of the Lord, he said, I live as if he's going to come back today. But I plan as if it's not going to be till after my lifetime. And that really resonated with me because at the time I was thinking, well, why finish college? I mean, Jesus is coming back. 
what am I wasting my time for? So you live, you live your life as if he's coming back today. But you plan in case we're wrong. In case it's not till after your lifetime. So with that said, let's look for a few minutes at the return of Christ. Or eschatology as it's called. The study of last things or the parousia. The coming of the Lord. Now the Bible clearly teaches that the Messiah will physically return to planet earth and complete his vision for humankind and for the earth. It's not just a spiritual return, it's a physical return. That's why when we say the Nicene Creed, and sometimes we say that, we say, I believe he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And sometimes in the communion liturgy, we are reminded of that, that he was not only here, but that he's going to come again. And we say, Christ has died, Christ is risen. And what's the last part? Christ will come again. Because we believe that the Bible clearly teaches that he will physically come. Well, let's look at some of these things that are pretty straightforward in the scriptures. And let's start with Luke chapter 21. The first thing I want you to see is that Jesus said that he would come again. Jesus said that he would come again. Verse 27, at that time, he said, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Much, if you look at the New Testament, much of Jesus' teaching talks about his return. And many of the parables that he gave talk about his return. He understood his purpose as being the Messiah, that his first visit, his first time here, was to be a sacrifice for sin, fulfilling so many of the Old Testament prophecies, that he was to rise again, that he was going to open the gateway so that anybody in the human race could have a relationship with God. It wasn't just the Jews that were going to be able to have a relationship, but everybody. But he also knew that he would return one day and fulfill what God had in store for him. Now, several things about his coming. First, it's described as the coming of the Son of Man. We see that in this verse. He says, at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Matthew 16, 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Now, the term Son of Man is the term that Jesus often used to describe himself. Everybody else calls him the Son of God, but he's looking at it from God's point of view, so he calls himself the Son of Man. Does that make sense at all? Sort of, kind of? So he's looking at it through the lens of God. He refers to himself as the Son of Man. He's basically saying here, when I come in my Father's glory with angels, I'm going to reward everyone according to what they've done. I'm coming. The second thing about his coming, it's described as coming in the cloud, in the cloud. You see it also in this verse. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. There's something about God's presence and the cloud. You remember the prophet Daniel? He lived hundreds of years before Jesus, and he was actually carried off into slavery into captivity, and God began to speak to him. And hundreds of years before Jesus came on the planet, he began to have these visions about what was going to happen. 
actually one of his visions, if, if you lay it out, it gives the exact date and time frame of when the Messiah would come. And Daniel chapter 7 is another one of these visions. And it's talking about his second coming. In my vision, Daniel 7, 13, at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man. There's that term. Coming with the clouds of heaven. There's the cloud again. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Something about the presence of God in this cloud. Remember in the Old Testament teaching and New Testament, this phrase, the glory of the Lord. Anybody ever heard that phrase? The glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord represents what? Anybody know? It's his literal presence. It's the essence of God. And whenever the glory of the Lord shows up, there's this cloud. Some call it the cloud of glory. We, we hear that term. You remember during the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus goes up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and they're up there, and all of a sudden there's Moses appearing who died years ago, and there's Elijah who also died years ago, and Jesus is having a conversation, and he's transfigured, and what's the next thing we're told? The cloud descends. It's the cloud of glory. When Jesus returns the second time, he is going to come in his full glory. And he's going to have to have the cloud around him because we would be blinded. We would not be able to stand it. We would be so blown away by his presence that the cloud shields and protects us from the glory. He will come in the cloud. A third thing about his coming, and this is where everybody gets hung up, his coming is described as being preceded by certain signs. Certain signs. Luke 21, 25, we see unique signs in the skies and the universe. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. There will be signs in the sky. Those who read the stars are going to be able to tell the signs of, of, the, of, the, of the zodiac. Wars, earthquakes, famines, persecutions. Luke 10, verse 10 in Luke 21. Jesus said to them, Nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Wars, earthquakes, famines, and persecutions. He also says false prophets will lead many astray. Verse 21, chapter 21, verse 8. Jesus said, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. And of course, Matthew 24, 14 tells us the gospel is to be preached to all nations before he's to come. Now we could go on and on with other signs, but for the purpose this morning... What I'd like you to hear is this. All those signs have happened. In the last 2,000 years, all those signs have happened. But here's what you've got to watch for. When they're all happening, 
And the intensity of them happening gets more frequent and more frequent and more frequent. It's going to be like a woman giving birth to a child. When these things begin to happen with such intensity, then the new creation will happen. Listen to Jesus' words in Mark chapter 13, verse 8. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety. Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. Now, how do birth pains come? Now, I remember when Allison was in labor with James and Rebecca. Y'all probably don't remember this, or at least I hope you don't. <laughs> was on the way to the hospital every 15 minutes. I mean, she'd go into pain. And it was like every 10 minutes and 5 minutes and 2 minutes, and they became more and more frequent and more and more intense until James and Rebecca arrived. The new creation. And that's, what's going to be, that's what Jesus is saying here. It's going to be more and more intense until eventually the new creation is birthed and he arrives. Another thing about his coming, and this is an important one, it's described as soon but unknown. Soon but unknown. Jesus again in Mark 13, 32, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Now many people are going to say to you that you should know. People are going to give you dates. I mean, people are going to speculate. I mean, my, the one I like to use is he says you're not going to know the day or the hour, but that didn't mean you wouldn't know the week or the year. <laughs> we won't know. But he knows, and he is coming. Jesus said he was coming again, John 14, 3. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. He's coming. At his ascension, the angel said that he would be coming back. You remember the story of his ascension? Jesus died, was crucified. Remember, he was raised from the dead. And then he spent 40 days here teaching and gathering with his disciples and other people. And then on the 40th day, he gathered his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And he did some teaching, and he told them to go and make disciples. You remember all that part. Then we're told that he says, wait, because you're going to get the Holy Spirit. And then he begins to ascend. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. There's the cloud again. And they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He is coming. The apostle John said he would come again. 1 John 2, 28. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. He's coming. The apostle Paul said it this way. 1 Thessalonians 3, we just heard this read a few minutes ago. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. 
The author of the Hebrews said it this way. Hebrews 9, 28, Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. He is coming. The Apostle James said it this way. James 5, 7, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains? You too. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. He's coming. And then the Apostle Peter, he said it this way in 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Let me stop there. Someone at the very early service this morning, 745, said a thief had shown up that night, last night, in their driveway and stole their car. Stole their car. Thief comes in the night. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief when you aren't expecting it. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire and earth and everything in it will be laid bare. He is coming. Now we've not even talked about the book of Revelation, other teachings that Jesus gave in his parables uh, that talk about this subject or the prophecies from the Old Testament that talk about his coming again like we heard from Zechariah this morning, 14, where it says the Lord is going to, when he does come, he's going to come to the Mount of Olives and it, he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives and it's going to cause an earthquake. It's going to be split in half. He's coming. The Bible clearly teaches he will come again. So this morning, I want to ask you, what then shall we do? What then shall we do? And I think the end of this passage, Luke gives us some wise counsel. It's actually the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. He writes, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, pray, and you will be able to, that you will be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you, may not, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So he says here, be careful or you will be trapped. Be careful or you will be trapped by dissipation, drunkenness, or the anxieties of life. Now, dissipation is what? That's indulgence. That's overdoing it. Drunkenness is obviously being overwhelmed with alcohol, but in our modern day, we would add to it drugs or any other mind-altering stuff. And why is the Scripture against that? Why? Because when you allow that to take over, what happens? It's in charge. It's controlling your life, not the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and not you. What's controlling you at that point is the alcohol, or the drugs, or the addiction. They control us. And the other thing he says here is the anxieties of life. Now, life is tough. Life is difficult. And we live in difficult times. But it's a sin to worry. Did you know that? It's a sin to worry. Because when we worry, what's that doing? That's, I'm sorry? You're not trusting God. Exactly. You're not acknowledging that God is sovereign, that God's in charge. 
even of your life and of your situation. So when we worry, we take him off the throne. It's a sin. We've got to be careful that anxiety doesn't trap us. But these three things he said, dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life can trap us. So be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Verse 36, be always on the watch and pray. Be always on the watch and pray. In other words, be ready. Be ready. Live your life in such a way that you're ready if he comes this afternoon. But plan as if it won't be till after your lifetime. A day is coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Next week, part two, and we're going to discuss all the hype as well about the year 2012 that we start, are starting to hear about. So let's pray. Our God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you that you care for us so much, that you love us. Help us, Lord, to be ready. I pray for any of us, if there's any sin in our life, any habits, anything that's not of you, anything that's dethroning you, that you will teach us how to deal with it and get it out of our life, that we'll be ready. Lord, if worry and anxiety is overtaking us, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to let it go. Lord, that we would learn to trust you and to rely on you and to see your faithfulness in all that we say and do. Lord, help us be ready. And Father, as we go out of here this afternoon, I pray that we would fill us with your spirit, that we would be your ambassadors, ready to tell the good news that Jesus is coming. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. It's that time of year again when a word from the Lord evaluates the effectiveness of the broadcast. So if you would like to continue to hear a word from the Lord, please contact us with the call letters of the station where you hear our broadcast. You can contact Foley directly at foleybeach at a wordfromthelord.org. Or you can write to us. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Remember to include the call letters of the station. Thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to say first thanks for listening to A Word from the Lord today, and I hope this program has ministered to you. Uh, we are so grateful that you're listening, and I just wanted to ask if uh, if this has spoken to you in any way, if you just let us know. Uh, send me an email or write me a letter. Jeremy will have that information in a few minutes. Uh, but also, if you've got questions or if, if there's something about your spiritual life you've been wondering about and you just need somebody to uh, to talk to about it, feel free to send a letter. And either uh, me or, or someone who's skilled in the area that you're asking about will, will send you a response. But again, thank you for listening, and I ask the Lord to bless you this day. Thank you for joining us today for a word from the Lord. If you would like to get a copy of today's message, and the entire series, 
please visit us and order online at awordfromthelord.org. That's awordfromthelord.org. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Again, the address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. If you have any comments or questions, please email Foley at foleybeach at a word for the Lord dot org. His email address again is foleybeach at a word for the Lord dot org. Thank you again for joining us for this broadcast of A Word from the Lord. We hope you'll tune us in again this same time next week. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, I'm Jeremy Coleman, and it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord. <laughs>